0: This work-in-progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Greetings and welcome to this week's Still Ripples podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Um, we are back again, uh, jumping into a topic of well, great debate, great
1: uh, flare-ups, great fire stuff like that. Um, but until we can get there, we're actually covering sin. We covered uh, last week. We covered sin in the Old Testament. He covered what sin is, uh, and understand that there is a huge amount of focus on what sin is and, and clarifying that. But to quote a old pastor, I don't even know if I can do this quote right. But he said that if he was given 15 minutes to talk about Christ and everything, and and how would he do it? You know, you know, in order to uh, witness to someone. And he said, well, I would talk. About, I would first talk 10 minutes on the reality of sin and hell, and then I would use the extra, you know, three to five minutes to talk about Christ and how to get saved. And they said, well, why would you do that? And he said, well, how how would someone? Why would someone even seek Christ? And seek to to follow him unless first they understood that they were living wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and that they were living sinfully. Yeah, and so that's really where we have started this.
0: Is we've taken another look at sin. We have we did it in an earlier podcast, but with this one, it's actually segueing into today's topic, yeah. which is how did Christ address sin? And we're going to be looking at a, a good number of Bible stories uh, of how Christ interacted with those living in sin. Um, and what, how he approached it? Um, pretty much the modern view right now is if somebody is living in sin, you're supposed to point it out, and you know keep driving home the fact until they understand that they're living in sin. Which we covered last week. Exactly what sin is. Now, how do you deal with those living in that? Um, like I said, we've got a couple of stories we're gonna pull out of the New Testament. Um, Brian, I believe you
1: have the first one we're gonna look at okay. the first story doesn't exactly <coughs> <coughs> excuse me it doesn't exactly deal specifically with the topic of sin but it deals with repentance and the reason why we wanted to do this one was it shows the difference between one religious leaders view and how he handles stuff and then we'll segue that into other ones later on mm-hmm. the first one comes out of uh, John 3 uh, verses one through about 21 I believe and it's basically about the new birth and and uh, it has Nicodemus in it and he comes to Christ and he earnestly is actually seeking you know you know uh, you know the answer basically starting in verse one now there was a, a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews this man came to Jesus by night and said to him Rabbi we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these, these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, uh, said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But do not know where it came, it comes from and where it is going, so, it, so is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered, answered and said to him are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things truly truly I say to you we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen and you <coughs> excuse me, do not accept our testimony if I told you earthly things and you do not believe how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things no one has ascended into heaven but he who has uh, descended from heaven the son of man as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever uh, whoever believes will in him have eternal life for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have a- eternal life for god did not send the son into the world to to judge the world but that the world <coughs> excuse me might be saved through him he who believes in him is not judged he who does not believe in him is judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that his uh, deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. (coughs) What I think is very interesting, I mean, first of all, You know, growing up in church and everything, we always hear about the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, they're they're, uh, religious leaders. Uh, They're a little different. They're obviously different than the Sadducees, which come from a wealthier class. The Pharisees come from the common class.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And they're well-read. They're well-studied. As we see, Nicodemus himself was a leader. Right. Right. He was actually part of the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish Council uh, of Religious Leaders that consisted of around 70 uh, council members, I believe. And what I think is so interesting, so we always hear about the Pharisees, we hear how Christ handles them, and here we have one. And actually, if I recall, I may be wrong, but this is actually one of the few cases where we see Nicodemus uh, come in here and and, and addressed in this manner. Mm I mean, I think he's mentioned in some of the other books, if I recall correctly, but this is, like, covered, like, directly head-on. It's very interesting.
0: Well, and the other thing to point out, he actually uh, sought after Jesus to ask these questions um, to seek what does it take. And Jesus, when he answered him, he addressed him as a person. He addressed him in a way that... um, one could understand. Uh, he he pointed out things to him that you know, he brought up the questions. Uh, you know,
1: you are a studied man yet you don't know this. Well, uh, well that, that was definitely that could be seen as a sting point, but at mm-hmm. the same time, uh <coughs> No, he, he, he addressed it. He brought stuff into his under... It, you know, bringing it mm-hmm. into a level of understanding or whatever. But at the same time, he's like, you don't understand this, and you're a leader of the Jews. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there's kind of a stinging point there. He's addressing that because this man is a leader. Right. And yet he's not understanding these stuff. And he's like, mm-hmm. and you're leading the rest of this nation? Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: That's kind of, you know, it,
0: it's one of those... if If you are a bad leader and you don't know that you're a bad leader... And someone presents something to you that's uh, in a way that's really where Jesus was coming from is if you're leading yet you've got this wrong don't you think that you should you know do a bit more investigation don't you think you should you know dig a bit deeper maybe not necessarily teach on the things that might cause people to stumble might cause people to fall um, but to actually uh, Re-evalued. It wasn't even him saying you don't need to teach. Exactly. He's saying you know learn more. If someone misquotes something or uh, you know says the wrong thing or does the wrong thing, if they don't know that they're doing it wrong, until somebody tells them that, they're just going to keep doing it that way over and exactly. over. Exactly, and that's
1: not a sense of condemnation. No. He was he was helping to correct basically correct his doctrine and mm-hmm. everything. Um. Just, a, just a couple things to note, and uh, again, this, this coincides with scripture. Uh, you know, he speaks about water, which you know Christ refers to water many times, and um, which we'll see. You know, with the lady at the well he refers to living water and everything. But I think specifically in this point when he's talking about water, he's referring to John the Baptist, and he's talking because John the Baptist came with his ministry of water, uh-huh. and it was about repentance. You know, you know, washing away, seeking forgiveness, and. He also speaks of Spirit, which obviously is the Holy Spirit. You know, when we we receive salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And something to note
0: you're going to run into a lot of different kinds of people out there. Maybe you are one of these people that's seeking answers. Yeah. If somebody is seeking answers, even if they, in a way, don't know really the question that they're trying to ask. Jesus didn't instantly, you're a Pharisee, and attack. He gave him a chance to ask the questions. He gave him a chance to talk.
1: Yeah, and he actually addressed this question. I mean, mm-hmm. again, like you're saying, he didn't lump him with all the rest of the Pharisees and say, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, oh, you're being a hypocrite and da-da-da. No. He actually, he saw that he knew this man's heart, that he, mm-hmm. he I mean, yes, he did come to him by night, but right. I mean why he came that way, maybe he came because he didn't want to be seen, maybe he came because he knew that that was when Jesus could be easier to reach, mm-hmm. because he's always surrounded by people People, but the man came to him with an earnest question and Jesus addressed that question. Mm-hmm. And you know that brings up uh,
0: kind of a little bit of another topic, there may be the unending questions. You know, why this? Okay, well why this? Okay, well why this? Even if you present the answers, with that you've got to you know through the Holy Spirit discern where to cut it off God will lead you to that cutting off point of okay look you're gonna keep asking these questions it's good that you're asking these questions but we're gonna have to stop here and if you don't really understand where they're coming from ask them a question yeah you know just like Jesus did right there You're a leader yet you don't know this you know it, it may
1: seem rhetorical and it may seem stink, but there is deepness to that. Well, yeah, he's getting the guy to think about this. He's he's like, you know, this is a serious issue, mm-hmm. and you and you don't understand this. And then he goes on to explain it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but and this goes into our next story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're saying that you know sometimes there there are those that are that are not seeking necessarily an answer, but they're seeking justification mm-hmm. in how they're living their life or whatever. And and as you said, sometimes we do have to reach a cutoff point. Sometimes, uh, you know, because everybody's like, well, I'm supposed to study to show myself approved, and, and you know, was it, First Peter 3, 15 or whatever tells me that I'm supposed to, to, you know, tell the people of the hope that's in me. Mm-hmm. But after, uh, you know, sometimes you reach a point where people aren't really asking questions. They're just trying to find a way to stump you and move mm-hmm. on, or they're just trying to justify the way they're living their life. And that... Uh, I guess that goes into our, our next topic or whatever. Or w- w- which one are we doing? Are we doing? you want to do the woman at the well or are uh, we doing uh, the rich young ruler? Now?
0: Well, I was actually looking at uh, the woman at the well okay. for that one. Uh, I also did want to note uh, one other thing. If you don't know, it's okay to say, I don't know. Um, we, we have this mentality sometimes that I have to have an answer. I have to have an answer. I have to have an answer. If you don't know, I don't know. But that gives you something that you can go and study and learn more about and then later come back and say, you know what, this is what I learned. So um, going into the next story, uh, as Brian mentioned, the woman at the well. Okay, Uh, It's found in John chapter 4. We're going to skip ahead to verse 7 where the woman actually comes in the picture. Jesus uh, is in Samaria uh, called... uh, Sachar, I'm butchering that, but you know, uh, near the field of Jacob, had given to his son Joseph uh, at Jacob's well. So uh, we'll start here in verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me a woman of Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans Jesus answered her if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water the woman said to him sir you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep where do you get the living water to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water and Jesus said to her go call your husband and come here the woman answered him I have no husband Jesus said to her you're right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband what you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship. He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking to a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? they went out of town and were coming to him meanwhile the disciples were urging him saying rabbi eat but he said to them I have food to eat that you do not know about um, and we will uh, stop right there
1: All right, first of all I think uh, what needs to be understood is what exactly did Christ... What was Christ doing that was seen so bad mm-hmm. among the Jews? Well, first of all, you got to understand that the Pharisees and stuff, they avoided Samaria. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Samaritans themselves... Uh, I mean, that goes way back in history into the Old, old Testament and stuff. The Samaritans themselves were considered not fully Jew and not mm-hmm. fully, uh, you know, Gentile or whatever. And... So, to be called a Samaritan, like, like if a Jew called another Jew, referred to him as a Samaritan, was an insult. It was a horrible mm-hmm. insult. And it was since the, uh, what is it, the rabbinic law of, mm-hmm. of AD 66 stated that uh, Samaritan women were considered as continually menstruating and thus unclean. Mm-hmm. And so, they would actually avoid them so that they would not have to be ceremonially unclean but for Christ to actually actually go into that that's what shocked them not only was she a woman so she was a female and that was looked down upon you're not supposed to be you know talking to females and number two she was a Samaritan so she had two knocks against her yeah. right away and the the big thing about this
0: you know to Brian's point this was a huge major no-no this is something that you do not do um, there are Christians out there who interact with people that are viewed in the same way that the Jews viewed the Samaritan woman. Yeah, like untouchables or something. Yeah, somebody that there is no way that that person would ever listen to what you have to say. And that's something that we've gotten into, uh, some of us have gotten in the mindset of believing is that. Certain people are apt to listen. They're too far gone. Some people are too far gone. Some people don't even deserve a chance. And right here, you know, whatever, going back to what we previously talked about with sin, it doesn't matter what the sin is that they're in. Christ died for all sins so whatever that may be however big of a taboo or however untouchable or unreachable that someone may appear as Christ did here you can interact with them you can talk to them you know you never know who you may be talking to
1: It's like it's like whenever uh, Christ was talking to the, uh, I believe it was the, the the Pharisees and teachers of law and stuff, and they asked, uh, you know, Jesus' disciples, you know, why does your teacher eat with those who are, you know, what do you say? Why, why do you eat with sinners and tax collectors? He's like, well, you know, I didn't come to call the righteous, but the unrighteous. I mean, exactly. They need a savior. They yeah. need a, uh, they need a doctor per se.
0: And the way that uh, Jesus brought up uh, the sin that he knew she was living in is really really neat it's in uh, verse 16 Uh, Jesus said to her go call your husband and come here the woman answered him I have no husband and Jesus said you're right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you have right now is not your husband what you have said is true right here he points out the sin that she's living in and he doesn't berate her he doesn't insult her he simply starts it with a question if you know that somebody is living in sin not in a mocking way but you can ask a question that draws them into the conversation to admit
1: what they're doing what it, it's really interesting what he did because mm-hmm. up into that point she did not realize that he was talking about spiritual matters she's mm-hmm. like you know where is this water let me drink it mm-hmm. so I won't have to fill my picture anymore and as soon as he I mean point blank asks her basically about her sin mm-hmm. she realizes this is about spiritual matters and then she I mean immediately you must be a prophet mm-hmm. well then let me ask you this question which is a spiritual matter I mean mm-hmm. boom immediately the conversation shifts mm-hmm. and look how it transitions. I mean, there is no you know, spitting and, and, and horrible uh, name-calling going on. He, he meets her at a place where it is understandable. Something yeah. that they have in common. So, you know, thirst. Yeah. And then he brings her to a point of talking about spiritual matters very, very easily. Yeah. And like Brian said, there's no spitting, no name-calling,
0: no nothing. It's a it's a subject for, the, for a Jew to be talking to a Samaritan first, yeah. and then he's talking about uh, the sin that she's in, then they go into talking about a spiritual matter. So often today, we want to be the one on top. We have to win. You have to get that victory. And if the other person doesn't say, you know what? You're 100% right. We look at that as a loss. You, you sh- We should be able to have conversations that bring up these matters, and it's going to stir up a lot of stuff. Um, as Brian uh, mentioned earlier, you know, when sin is brought into the light, it gets a little squeamish because you're shining light on things that you know has never seen the light of day, but. You know, we've got to be compassionate about these things and understand that certain things in the conversation, they may be a touchy subject, so approach with caution. But it doesn't mean not to talk about it.
1: Yeah. One thing that's really uh, interesting is, you know, people that are earnestly seeking ask questions. Yeah. And they ask, they're not rhetorical questions, they're actual questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely a difference we can draw as far as a comparison between these two is uh, Pilate. Pilate did ask a question, but it was a rhetorical question. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, Christ basically, you know, why did you come into the world? And Christ tells him, he goes, I came to testify to the truth. Pilate goes, well, what is the truth? And the following verse says, and then he walked out. He didn't wait for an answer. Mm -hmm. He basically thought that was... You know, as the Greeks, or as they learned in Greek and everything, you know, you know about truth and stuff, and, and already this idea of truth becoming relative and everything, he just goes, well, what is truth, and then walks out. He wasn't seeking it, and, and you're going to meet people like that that aren't seeking those, those answers. And those kind of people, give them the answer, but understand, like we mentioned earlier, you're
0: going to reach a point that they're basically looking to stump you as best they can because they believe by stumping you they've stumped everything and they win. It's it, salvation is so much more than that. Christ is so much more than that situation. If they are truly earnestly seeking the information, they'll take what you say and the Holy Spirit will move. Even if they're not, the answers that you give, it's not up to us to do the convictions. And Jesus in here didn't go into the uh, to a huge argument in fact he didn't even dwell on what her sin was you know he simply said that you know you're right in saying that I have no you have no husband um, what you've said is true and then she asks him another question he doesn't go back to the the you're sleeping around they go into where do you worship okay well this is where we worship. He he completely meets her where she's at.
1: But in this, uh, <coughs> excuse me, kind of draw a comparison between her and Nicodemus. With Nicodemus, he was talking a lot more weighty in the matter. Yes. On here, he's just addressing living water, which obviously mm-hmm. refers to the Holy Spirit and everything. Uh, he helps her understand by drawing a comparison between you know a well, living you know actual water, and then living water. He he does this in a very easy manner. I mean, she, let's face it; she's a woman back then. She's uneducated, and so weighty spiritual matters is hard for they're hard for her to understand. And so even the gospel can be placed in a way that is understandable to everyone. Yeah. And
0: you had mentioned um, before we did the podcast that you know she's met with Christ, the God of the universe, and her question is, where can we worship? you know you're gonna run into questions that you may be like okay you I have this huge plethora of knowledge I have studied books I have learned I have done all these things and you're asking me if Adam and Eve had belly buttons you know you may run into questions that you view as completely irrelevant but to them they're relevant to them they have value so in that situation, you know Jesus addressed that. This is this is what it says. This is scripture. It's that simple. Yeah. And now for a word of prayer.
1: Dear Heavenly, and most gracious Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to gather together as a community, Lord, to dive into Your Word and to to enjoy it, to to practice Your presence, Lord. We can sit there. We can talk to you, we can ask you questions, and, and, and we can ask questions of each other and, and of what your scripture says. Father, we thank you for guiding and directing us as only you can and, and assisting us as, you know, we have questions ourselves and, and, and you're able to, to help us uh, gain a better understanding of you and what you ask of us and to work, to, you know, work better as a community and, and also to, to worship together as you would intend. We ask that you please bless this community and help us to grow. And please lead us forward in your will. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: amen. Well. That concludes another wonderful Still Ripples podcast. At least I think it was wonderful.
1: Yes, I, I, I hope so. I feel it was.
0: <laughs> so, uh, there's many different ways to get in touch with us. Uh, primarily, you're going to find a lot of that on our website at www.stillripples.org. Yeah, on that we have you know Google Plus, YouTube, we have Facebook, Twitter. Um, we even have a phone number that you can get in touch with us. It is one eight one six. 9ripple that's r-i-p-p-l-e uh... feel
1: free to leave us a comment prayer request topic ideas uh... anything uh... To use well, that. but we do ask that uh, if you comment on this specific topic which is a weighty and very controversial topic that we ask that you keep your comments clean and uh... nice to each other yeah basically. uh... please no personal attacks Um
0: we're trying to be uh, very civil about this. And as Brian mentioned, we understand this is a very weighty topic. Yeah. Uh, so people may get a little fired up, a little upset. We're not doing this to try to stir it up. Uh, we're just trying to um, you know, bring it to the surface. And yeah, basically present what the scripture says. To deal with that. So outside of that, we love you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you at the next podcast.